0: When you talk about the two hundred dollars to something, right, Um, for that one year, seems like oh, that sucks, like what a you know a failure or whatever. But in reality, it turned into so many other things that looking at that year as a failure is just a waste of time. So. Very interesting little reboot here because I've fallen off the bandwagon or fallen off the wagon here. We talked about that earlier. Um, We used to do this podcast a lot and um, using you a little bit as a jumping point for me to get back into it. Nice. Um, For those people that may not know, um, you were one of our very first guests when we first started. This was like two years ago. It popped up on my Facebook feed a while back, like two years ago. So it's really cool. So for people who don't know you and never watched our stuff before because that's going to be most people. Tell us, um, tell us who you are, your backstory. Just kind of give us some some you know insight. Go.
1: Yeah, of course. Uh, I'm Ryan McGuire. I'm the owner, uh, president, every title you could possibly have for Armic Systems, a digital agency here in Odessa. Uh, I serve clients all across the Permian Basin, and I specialize in digital advertising. Uh, that takes a lot of uh, there's a lot more to that than people think. When yeah, you years. say digital advertising or marketing, the first thing people's minds go to is either Facebook or some other social media platform mm-hmm. or their website. And, uh, I do a whole lot with Google and targeted advertising and, uh, just a variety of things that yeah. might not come to mind. Um, I've been in that industry for the last several years. Uh, used to have an app called Grubstar. In
0: some way, shape or form. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's what I was going about to get to. Yes. Yeah,
1: exactly. And, um, and also just have a huge passion for Odessa. Um, I love the Permian Basin in general, but being born and raised in Odessa and hearing the negative speak that's really popular uh, mm-hmm. about Odessa, um, I think we're one of the most self-deprecating communities <laughs> that yeah. possibly exist. And I want to change that narrative and yeah. uh, encourage people to appreciate Yeah, for sure.
0: So let's talk a little bit. I want to talk a little bit about your backstory because we were talking about this earlier. This is super interesting to me. Um, You, when you were originally on our podcast, you were there for, uh, it was, you were, you had an app, Grubstar. Right. Um, And I want to talk about this a little bit. And we mentioned before, you're okay with me mentioning it because I think this is a super important lesson. I think a lot of people can learn, uh, learn from. Um, So tell me, talk about Grubstar for a little bit and then. We'll see where that goes because th- that's what's interesting to me.
1: Yeah. So, what I was talking about earlier is whenever I, I left banking uh, to start Grubstar, mm-hmm. I had a lot of money set aside in savings that I, it was pretty much my life savings. Yeah. And I decided that I was going to dedicate that money to the development and uh, everything that surrounded building this app yeah. and getting it out there. So, the idea behind Grubstar was exclusive menu items and deals at local restaurants. Wanted to launch it in the Permian Basin and then see where it went from there. Right, um, had a really awesome app development partner uh, that uh, that did all the you know technical programming and that kind of stuff for the app, and yeah. then I, I handled uh, the marketing side of it. Yeah, and uh, it did not take off the way that I hoped. Sure. Uh, the entire Cause year because the app
0: world is difficult. Oh yeah. It is super difficult, right?
1: Go Absolutely. Ahead. Okay. It's like a lottery yeah, uh, kind of thing. I remember that whenever I was looking at the first install data, I was super disappointed because we had like a 36% uh, uh, retention rate after yeah. seven days. And I, that just killed me. And then I looked at like the, nation, the national statistics and a standard like one week retention rate was more like 13%. So yeah. we were actually crushing it. Right. I just wasn't used to seeing retention numbers that slow sure. or uh, that low. Um, but anyway, uh, the thing that I mentioned earlier to you is that in the entire year that I was working on that app...
0: This is what's interesting. Yeah. For a re- there's a reason for
1: it. Go ahead. I made $200.
0: For the whole year?
1: For the entire year. Yeah. That was my... That was my... And that was actually my gross income. Yeah. That
0: was not <laughs> a net. Sure. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> it's like intermission music. Yeah, totally like um, was. You're good. Uh, so. There's a reason why this is interesting to me, and it's not because, and I explained to you a little bit off camera, but it to makes people understand that I'm not making fun of you. That's not what's going on. Why I find that so interesting is because in some people's minds, that would be looked at as a failure, mm-hmm. right? But the reason why that's interesting is because Grubstar, in a lot of ways, is the reason why you're where you're at today. It right? is. Um, so explain the progression of how that happened from Grubstar to where you're at now.
1: So you can really, leave names
0: out, but yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was a really interesting thing. Um, as I was working on Grubstar, I became I became began falling more and more in love with digital advertising, mm-hmm. as opposed to because you were strictly, doing it for Grubstar, exactly. Okay, yeah, and there were so our, many. Our stories are very similar. Um, yeah. That's awesome. Okay, yeah, yeah I want to hear more. Yeah, um, but uh, there were things that I was seeing. I, I kind of had decided several months before we we ended Grubstar. Um, my daughter was on the way, and that was you know that brought with it a lot of responsibility.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I saw that GrubStar wasn't necessarily going to work anymore, so I put my feelers out there, and I really wanted a job in digital, mm-hmm. and I wasn't sure what that looked like. So I ended up going and becoming the director of digital sales and marketing for a local TV station. Yep, uh, they were a national affiliate, um, and so I had access to more digital advertising tools than I ever right. had before. Um, really an incredible gig and over the course of about a year and three months year and four months uh, I learned everything that I could about the industry and we experienced a lot of success um, that passion that I felt like I might have whenever I was doing GrubStar was a very real thing mm-hmm. and so to have all of the resources of that station at my disposal um, was absolutely incredible and only fueled the flame of my passion for, for digital. So at the end of 2018, mm-hmm. going into 2019, looking at uh, projected numbers for 2019, where I was at, and a lot of other factors, um, mm-hmm. I decided that the best thing for me to do would be to pursue digital advertising on my own. Yeah. Um, and that doesn't mean that you do it entirely by yourself, but I had learned very, very, uh, I guess implementable, maybe isn't sure. the best word, but some really incredible strategies for search engine optimization, for a variety of your really important things with digital advertising. And I felt like I'd reached a point where I could no longer offer what I knew I was capable of offering under the limitations of my contract with the mm-hmm. uh, the station that I was working with. And so um, I took it out on my own. We are nine months in. Uh, it's been absolutely incredible. Uh, the clients that I get to work with I'm no longer limited by platform because when you're working in this industry there are so many digital advertising platforms yeah. just like there's Facebook and Instagram and Pinterest and Snapchat and all these different social, social media platforms there are a ton of ways to accomplish digital advertising and i had been limited to only what was approved by, by right. our company Right. well now I can work with anybody that I want to Um, And it's been so freeing and uh, a positive experience for my clients because literally there's nothing they can't bring to me that we can't do. It just becomes a matter of, okay, who do we need to talk to? How much do we need to spend? um, And we can make it happen.
0: Yep. The freedom there, right?
1: Exactly. And that brings us to today. Uh, Definitely doing better than I was at $200 a year. Sure, um, right. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, enough to support my family, yeah. um, but also to deliver something that I think is much more impactful than an app that, uh, you know, it, it, it served a purpose, and it was a really neat idea, mm-hmm. but I feel like I can do so much more for a variety of different organizations yeah. um, doing digital advertising in the scope that I am now. Do
0: you feel like you were chasing money with the app? And I don't mean that as a dig at all. I'm just curious.
1: I felt like the idea that I had was huge. Gotcha. Um, and so, I have. I'm a huge foodie, uh-huh. and so I wanted to do something that was in yeah. the yeah that was kind of in the food industry. But I don't didn't have any interest in the restaurant industry, and I have no skills in the kitchen. Gotcha. And so I thought, okay, I'm interested in this digital side. I'm interested in marketing, and I've got this idea for an app that I think would just blow up. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually had an acquisition offer in the early stages of Grubstar that I declined because I felt like
0: it was going to be short.
1: I did. Yeah. And I thought that would be the story of, Oh, I sold for tens of thousands of dollars when I could have sold for millions just several months down the line. Right. Um, In retrospect, I probably should have taken that deal. (laughs) Right. Um, But it was a really awesome thing. And then you look at things um, like Uber Eats introduced, some exclusive menu items at restaurants. You were on the right track. Yeah, 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 exactly. I feel like I was on the right track and I actually think there is still a market for that. Yeah. The money was not the uh, driving force behind creating the app, but I definitely felt like it could be a huge potential revenue stream. Yeah. Um, but monetizing it properly was the challenge.
0: Sure. Like most apps have that problem. Exactly. No, yeah, most apps have that issue. Like monetizing is difficult. Um, right. But anyway, the, you know, Is what it is. I what's so interesting to me, like I said, is that I wish more more people would look at it the way you did. Like there's so many like micro failures we have that in the moment seem like life-changing, right? Because like Grubstar right now, it you know, it's a you know, it takes up a certain portion of your life, right? But as you get older. That's going to mean less and less and less, right? It's going to be such a, a smaller portion of your life uh, the farther along you get along. However, it the the impact that it had immediately following that means so much. It does. You know what I mean? So it's so interesting to me. Like when you talk about the $200, two hundred dollars to something, right? Um, for that one year, seems like oh, uh, that sucks. Like what a you know a failure or whatever. But in reality, it turned into so many other things. That looking at that year as a failure is just a waste of time. You know what I mean?
1: It is, yeah. And and there are people I talked with a friend of mine whenever I was uh, when I was leaving the T V station that I was mm-hmm. working for. And she literally her words to me whenever I told her that I was pursuing my own business again were, mm-hmm. Okay, well call me when Sure you're going back to work. Mm-hmm. Um, like have a good vacation, sure. basically. And I don't feel like that person, and she's still a friend of mine, and people like her, they don't understand that just because something wasn't commercially successful or or, or uh, a success in a traditional sense mm-hmm. doesn't mean that it was not a resounding success. Because I look at those Grubstar days, and I think you and I have talked about this in the past, but I want to make sure that we share it here, yeah. is that a lot of my connections that I have I currently yep. in the business world, our relationships that I established whenever I had the time while
0: you were hustling for grub sir
1: Exactly Yeah Yeah because not only was I really trying to build that brand at the same time I was also using the time that I wasn't stuck in an office when I had been in banking mm-hmm. to network and to tell people about this vision that I had that Odessa could be a place that a national potentially internationally successful mm-hmm. uh, app could be launched from and and that's something that harkens back to what I said at the beginning of uh, you know this recording. Yeah, I believe that Odessa can be anything that it wants to be. We just have to have the right mindset. Yeah, and so often we lose talent to Austin or yep. to hubs uh, where it might be easier to find opportunities, rather than focusing on creating those opportunities locally. Yeah. Because really the geog- geography doesn't matter nearly as much as it used to.
0: Oh um, no. It's almost it we're getting to the point in you know in today's you know technological era where it's becoming inco- inconsequential. It is. Um you know I mean just <laughs> the grubster thing is so interesting because like it could have been something, right? Like and I don't want you to speculate too much about like oh you know should I have kept going or whatever but like the fact that it had the ability to blow up here is just mind-boggling to me, and it should be mind-boggling to most people. Um, I love what you're talking about with Odessa, because this is, again, the whole premise of what I'm trying to do here is I wanna highlight people's stories and mm-hmm. stuff here in the basin. Um, we have a mutual Facebook friend who likes to post stuff that we both think is dumb and uh, I don't want to say too much because we're friends on Facebook, um, that we we disagree with his tactics. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Okay. So one of the things that he likes to do is he'll post stuff that's like bashing on Odessa because it gets a laugh out of people, right? Uh, and Which is fine. It's great. But it's so funny to me how quickly people will jump onto those stereotypes because they're like, oh, yeah, that's so true. In reality, it's really not. A lot of those stereotypes are in your head, you yes. know? There are some stuff that, you know, I do agree with. Like, we don't have as many things as other places, but it's not like it's a barren wasteland out here, right? Like, there's plenty, like, the, when Synergy moved here, for example, I thought that was such a cool thing. It was just Absolutely. like, oh, my yeah. God, finally we get something here. Because I, I love going to main event in Lubbock. Yeah. Uh, and it was I was super excited. I was like, oh, my God, like, finally we're getting something like this to be here. That And it's been a resounding success, I think. Right? Oh,
1: it has to have been.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, I don't want to get too much into that because you know yeah. Ray was working there for a while, but they uh, that to me was not because I wasn't just excited that it was coming, I was excited because I knew it was going to work, and I was like, I more people are going to want to build stuff out here for that reason, um, stuff like that, and so we are seeing a lot of this, and Colin Sewell is a big reason for this too. What's going on out at the Parks Legato area? Yeah, um, the new, they're building more. Space yeah, out phase there, right? Two. Yeah, phase
1: two of Park Sagato. It's Are exciting.
0: They, is it true that they're bringing Torchy's Tacos?
1: Uh, Torchy's is downtown.
0: They're, they're building it downtown.
1: Yeah, Torchy's Tacos right outside of the Marriott. When the is that? Marriott. When
0: is that going to be here?
1: I'm honestly not sure. I saw, I was literally out there maybe two weeks ago and mm-hmm. saw they were, uh, I don't know, I think they were prepping it to pour foundation. Gotcha. Um, but within the next several months, I would imagine, if not early 2020. Okay,
0: so what about Payway? I heard Payway, but is that a rumor?
1: I think that's a rumor. I haven't seen <laughs> anything on Payway. love Payway. Yeah, I don't know. That'd so I saw awesome.
0: the Payways coming. I'm like, oh yeah, it's done. Like, I'm going to, wherever that's at, I'm going to move next door. Yeah. I freaking love Payway. <laughs>
1: maybe it is. Uh, uh, I missed to miss that. I know out at it, Parks Legato, I think they're going to have Pop Bar and. I saw that one. Um, um oh my growler growler I USA saw that one too yeah like yeah yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm super which pumped is amazing. about that. um so I'm really excited
0: cool so uh on a less serious note I'm I wanna I like your hat just want to talk oh, about this thanks. for a moment I'm gonna give a shout out real quick um Cowboys won yesterday we beat the Redskins. Yeah. Uh, Eagles lost. Giants lost. It was the best weekend ever. Oh man! Super excited. I wasn't even thinking about that. So I've got to do this because I've got a friend of mine. I've got. I know. I know a Redskins fan. I know a Giants fan, and I know an Eagles fan. And uh, suck it. Um, <laughs> as we move on. Uh, so okay, let's your networking stuff that you've got going on right now. Um. And one of the reasons why we started talking you know rekindling our friendship in the first place was because I am super impressed with your uh, I'm not even sure if it's a skill necessary but I'm going to call it that because that's what it feels like your networking skills I'm, I suck at that <laughs> it's the reason why I'm doing this right like this gives me a reason to have a conversation with you um, uh, not just you that's not what I mean I mean like right. it, other people right. like it okay. gives me a reason to have a conversation with someone outside of buy my stuff um, so so Talk to me about networking. How do you feel you approach that? And um, I don't know. Just talk about that for a moment because I'm very interested in that. I think a lot of people could probably benefit from this.
1: So my approach to networking is honestly pretty laissez-faire. I I go to things that I want to go to. Mm-hmm. And it's honestly... Uh, It's really, like you mentioned, it's not necessarily a skill. I am a huge people person. Mm -hmm. I just love being around people. And so as events pop up and I'm invited to things, I attend. And then just by nature of me wanting to learn more about other people Mm -hmm. and asking them questions about what they do that might go a little bit more below the surface than typical just banter would go, uh, I've just made a lot of really deep relationships.
0: I'm really glad you went down that route for a very specific reason. Because when I say the word networking, mm-hmm. most people that were listening imagined going to a mixer and handing their business card out. Yep. right. And we've had this conversation before, right? Yeah. So that's I think that's what most people hear whenever the word networking comes out. Not understanding that I think, that I think most of us, and this is the reason why I feel so uncomfortable doing it, because I always do feel like there's pressure for me to do X, Y, and Z, and it's not comfortable for me at all. Um, and again, the reason why I like doing this is because it takes that away. It you know it takes that aspect out of the equation because I'm not asking you to buy anything from me. No one that sits in the chair you're sitting in, not that specific chair because that one's yours, yeah. but no one's. I'm not going to ask that of anybody. If we're doing this, and so it takes that you know um, agenda out of the equation. I networking is just making friends. Yeah. Right. And I don't think enough people think about it that way. I know I don't, not when I walk into a situation like that.
1: That's a really good point. And, you know, you mentioned the handing out business cards thing earlier. You know, my my goal whenever I go to an event is not really even to pass out the business cards. Mm-hmm. Like I've got them in my jacket pocket or in yeah. my wallet. Um, but what I really want to do is form a connection so that maybe the next time I see you, whether it be out at another networking event or something like that, I'm a face that you recognize and mm-hmm. we can connect on a deeper level than we did even at that first interaction. Yep. And so my goal isn't to have you give me a call. I really probably am not going to give you a call. I've got stacks upon stacks of business cards from mm-hmm. thousands of people, most who probably aren't even in our area anymore yeah. because we're so transient yeah. um, and it's just not of any use to me, you know, having any type of online presence whatsoever, like you're going to be able to find who you want to find. Yeah. And so my idea is that rather than giving you a business card, giving you a 60 second elevator pitch on who I am and why I'm so cool, I want to connect with you Yeah. and then maybe down the road we can do business. Yeah. Um, the, I don't think the battles won or lost in that first interaction Um, More often than not, it's... No,
0: of course not. Right, right. Uh, And and, and it's so so, so interesting to me, like, and that's where I think the pressure comes from me sometimes, too. I agree. Is that, like, it is... I just recently um, picked up... It's not even a contract. This is so funny to me, the way that this worked, right? Like, I Facebook messaged someone Mm -hmm. who I'd had multiple meetings with, never landed a contract, Right. Facebook messaged someone asking if they needed help with something because no agenda, right? This is very interesting to me, the way that my brain worked at the moment. There was no agenda in doing so. I was just like, man, this needs to get fixed. Right? It was a website issue. It's right. like, man, this right. needs to get fixed. And I really like, it'd be really cool if we could get this fixed because I knew they were doing good things. Facebook messaged, hey, da, 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 da. do you want me to help? Like, this is broken. Do you, you want me to, you know, I don't mind building you guys a website out for us. And it was, can we meet tomorrow? Right. Um, didn't know what was going to happen had no idea how that was going to play out. Right. Um, but it, it very well could turn into just understanding that circle of people very well could turn into something very big for us. Oh, yeah. um, but I think it's, uh, I wish more people would think about it that way. And I think a lot of, I get, do you have a LinkedIn? I do. I hate LinkedIn. And let me tell you why. I get at least. Three or four messages every single day oh, gosh. from someone trying to sell me something through LinkedIn Messenger, right? And I know what they're doing, right? They're copying and pasting this message and sending it to every single one of their contacts, yeah. right? Um, do you ever get to any of these? Oh, yeah. Maybe I'm just friends with weird people. No,
1: no. Uh, today I got a message about millennial professionals, and it's apparently – that's not the name, but it's mm-hmm. some nationwide organization that wants to be kind of an online-based networking yeah. organization for – Millennials, yeah. Um, very vague thing. They wanted to connect. Um, I accepted the connection invite, but immediately I got the message asking if I would be interested in more info about this this project. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one that I got today was uh, because of my my experience with the broadcast TV industry. Even though I wasn't on the TV side, yeah, they wanted to pay me to talk about my time in the industry and. That was probably a pitch in and of itself. Sure. I highly doubt that they were looking to just pay me for my opinion on something. Yeah. Because, um But yeah, that, those are two today. Yeah. Uh, through LinkedIn, I personally, LinkedIn definitely has a place. And whenever I'm doing my yeah. digital advertising, like for certain clientele, Absolutely. it's a fantastic platform to to implement. Of course. Personally
0: but not in that way. And this is the point right. I was trying to make, right. Yeah. So like it's the same I, I, I look at all of these things the same way, right? Um, I and there's some people that are probably gonna like, this guy doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. I, I hate cold calling. I hate cold emails. I think cold LinkedIn messages are also dumb. Um, I just don't it seems like a drastic waste of my time. Yep. And not because I don't think it could learn lean to something, right? Like, not that I don't think calling three thousand people a month is going to lead to something. Of course it will, right? Like if you you hit something hard enough for long enough, something's going to hit. Um, but it just seems like there's so many more uh, efficient ways to get a business KPI done, right? Um, and I love the way that you the way you talk about the networking thing because it's literally how that's literally how business works in the real world, right? It is not, most people do not get million dollar contracts because they cold called somebody, right. right? They get those contracts because they've known that person for years and years and years and they trust them and they've seen their work and they've been involved with them in some way, shape or form. And that's how those people get those, those contracts. Um, Anyway, I don't want this to turn into, like I didn't no. intend this to turn into a business podcast at all, It's just because like, we're, we're in the similar industries.
1: While we're on that note, though, I just want to mention, you know, whenever I first got into networking, I was really, or and I, I say got into networking like it's a hobby. It's not. Like mm-hmm. I, I go to things I want to go yeah. to, you know. Um, but when I was in banking, I was encouraged. It was actually a requirement of the role that I was in to be involved in the board. Uh, I needed to be on the board of a nonprofit and I also needed to be in some type of community networking organization. Huh. And it was actually, I was I was asked to track the time that I spent out in the community um, and report back to my superiors on that. Mm-hmm. And I was resentful of it at first. And whenever I first started doing it, I had the bottom line in mind. I was like, where can I go to these events that I'm gonna land contracts, get people in for the bank, and, yep. and so on. And whenever I formed a relationship, but I, but I was still myself who is, I'm very relationship first kind of person. And I would get frustrated if I formed a relationship that was either very one-sided, where I felt like I was helping somebody out a lot and they weren't giving anything back. Or if I uh, formed a relationship with somebody that I didn't really care too much about, Mm -hmm. but I was interested in landing their business. and
0: I think you have to go. Oh, I think there was someone who just walked up. Probably. Super, just being transparent. He's got a meeting to go to. We're going to cut this break. Brian McGuire. Armic Systems? Armic Systems. Um, Facebook, Instagram. What can they
1: do? Yeah, you can uh, catch me on Facebook at Armic Systems. Uh, I don't keep it updated very often, which is awesome for a guy in digital advertising to say. (laughs) Um, But, uh, yeah. Cool. So you can catch me. Armicsystems.com Sounds